They're taking Cherubin pot strewn strategically along the day. Chatter boys are tying paternosters in preparation for the fray. Tinnies are being towed to target on the Arnhem Highway. Over in Gove, they're rigging up teasers for the big boys. There's an air of anxious optimism at harbourside boat ramps as launch time moves. And in the front bar of the top end pub. And he said, I just don't care, mate. And I said, you gotta care. It's about the future of Australia, mate. This weekend, the future of our country. It's standing in the international community, the economy, everything. It's in your hands, mate. You have to care. You gotta vote, mate. You gotta do it for your country. Do it for your family. Do it for Hawkeye. Smith. Uh oh. What's going on? More. Jeez, is that the time? Oh, showtime. Great. Yeah, let's go. Quick, Quick, hurry up. Drink up. Get your bums in the boat and get on with it. Yes, Fishos, welcome aboard the Tinny on a Week where we implore you to do your bit for the future of Australia. We are at a crossroads, friends, comrades, countrymen. Make no mistake about it, a crossroads for our great, great country, Australia. You must vote. It is your right, your privilege, your duty. You've just got to go out there and do it. Vote! For Kate Miller Heidking. <laughs> Go, Kate! Bring home the Euro gold and elevate Australia to our rightful place at the top of the International Arts and Cultural League ladder. Do it! Eurovision? Ha! Australia Vision! Now that's uh, the promise of Australia, Tim. Well, that was unexpected. How do you even know her name? <laughs> Oh, oh, there's some other. Oh, there's another vote going on this weekend, I believe. But I mean, listen. Let's face it. The result uh, is going to be either blue crap, red crap, green crap, no, wrong, or Looney Tunes wrong, crap. Wrong, 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 and wrong again. Because it's my mission, whether you like it or not. I've been driving hard to release some worthwhile TFT FFP policies. It's tales from the Tinny Fishing First Party. Are we flogging this dead horse again? Well, I'm going to flog it. I'm going to flog it. Beyond belief, so stay tuned, Fishos, and you will have an opportunity to vote for a worthy party with worthy morals and two men who can scull a beer as well as hockey. <laughs> the lures landed, twitch, twitch, twitch. Fish swim, that's their biggest problem. Jew fish, Jew fish, Jew fish That's not over until the fat man sings. Tales from the Tinny. Well, it just feels like the right way to start the Tinny, doesn't it? I mean, he was a Prime Minister who is honoured. I think uh, no matter what your political uh, allegiances by territory fishos, simply because of the ability to scull a beer uh, in public as it our was, PM. It was never a prouder time to be an Australian when you could proudly mm. say on the international stage, our Prime Minister has the Guinness Book of World Records for sculling mm. yard glass. Mm. Mm. What's your president got, mate? But it wasn't just that. He was actually quite a renowned barra fisho. David Mitchell has sent in the most extraordinary picks from it looks like probably the late 70s. You can see them at ABC Tales and the Tinny on Facebook. In his jocks with Barramundi. It was late 70. It was late 79 and uh, 
but he, he wasn't our Prime Minister then, he was um, still ACTU, uh, a Labour Party luminary. My father, who was a Northern Territory statistician at the time, was obviously in charge of um, some sort of extracurricular activities. <laughs> and they uh, they provided all the gear, the boats, no doubt the, um, the frothy beverages as well. That photo just screams frothy beverages. Yeah. It does, doesn't it? Budgie, budgie smugglers, frothy <laughs> beverages... Barramundi of reasonable size, one might add, and in the background, what looks like an FJ uh, cruiser, you know, the the outback car of the day. That was that was the short wheelbase. I I don't think it was a um, private vehicle. May have all been a Z-plated bureau stats, but um, uh, don't you know, don't pass that on to anybody. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think the statute of limitations is uh, has gone on that one, mate. Uh, incorrect use of a Commonwealth Z car vehicle. Do we know where these barrel were caught? Uh, on the Mary River, so mm. there would have been uh, in the old days. It was basically just at the uh, at the Mary River Bridge. There was some um, dirt-based car parks and um, mud slides down to the down to the water. What size would you put those barra at? Again, we, in the old days, we used to measure them in, in pounds. Uh, in the late seventies, rather than rather than uh, in uh, linear measures, but um, fifty pounds so, at least. I'd, I'd say, I'd say, this. without a doubt, um, if you have a politician and a statistician, they would have got that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got these it. where the stats come into play. The figures can always lie. <laughs> great to catch up with you, mate. And so, thanks so much for sending in the photo. What a great way to honour the uh, the former PM and Mark is uh, passing. And rest Indeed. assured, my friend, those photos, we are forwarding them as we speak to the National Archive to become part of the great Australian collective. Thanks for the call, fellas. Barra Froffy. Barra Froffy. Barra Froffy. Tales from the Tinny. Unreal. John Russo from Offshore Boats is no stranger to stonking fish. He's donged more than his fair share of slapper barra, massive max and gargantuan goldies. And I, I know it's just a phrase, but but it's so accurate in John's case because he's had more than his fair share. Yeah, it's, un- it's not it's fair. unfair. It is totally unfair. Yes. It's not democratic at all. You need to give back. It's not equal. <laughs> Start giving back. <laughs> Bloody John Russo, you greedy mongrel. But even he was left <laughs> speechless and breathless during the week after doing battle with a Jewy that he, at first, called as a massive Noah. Now, if we were to resort to equine comparisons, as we are often want to do, Timmy, it wasn't just a horse. It was a Clydesdale on roids. Yeah, it was absolutely insane. 143 centimetres. So this thing has surpassed anything that we uh, thought would be possible to catch up here. Um, and, yeah, he's just come in like a, like a mighty dinosaur of the depths. <laughs> I can imagine. I'm dragging through the, uh, the dim, dark uh, memories. I think I remember Tom Contis catching a 140 roundabout many moon, moons ago. But have you heard of a fish that size? No, look, you know, obviously once you catch something like that, you know, you start asking around. The biggest I'd previously got was 131, um, and asking around a few guys who'd worked on other charter boats for many years, uh, the biggest they'd heard of was a 136. Um, and you do hear stories, talk, people talking about bigger ones, but uh, never with a brag mat photo or evidence, you know. <laughs> it's always, oh, someone caught, you know, this, you know, years ago, but the biggest I've ever heard of before this was of an actual measured one was 136, so... 
I just, I just want to say it again. One forty-three. At what point did you realise that there was such a Clydesdale on steroids? Given its size and the way it was fighting, um, I didn't actually think it was a Dewey until we saw it. Because it was so huge and didn't give up at any point, and um, I was obviously calling it for a shark. <laughs> but then, yeah, when we saw it come up, uh, I just couldn't physically believe uh, how big it was. I mean, we've got scales that go up to 25 kilos on the boat, and it easily uh, bottomed those out before it was kind of, <laughs> it was kind of most of it was off the bottom. <laughs> so that's in the old school. 25 is about what about 60 pounds, right? Uh, 55 pounds. Yeah, yeah. So it was, then that was, you know, so I'm guessing it was around that 35 kilo mark, you know, somewhere around there. I've, you know, got no real way of justifying that square weight, apart from how heavy it was, you're just holding it. But yeah, it was well over that 25 kilo mark. Jeez, it needs some new scales, John. Yeah, well, it's not, <laughs> it's... not every day that, <laughs> that they get bottomed out, isn't it? <laughs> we'd actually, we'd been around to Bino Harbour area, quite a windy day, so... I was actually fishing some older marks that I used to fish a long time ago that I don't usually do on the charters, fishing on a big ledge. Because it was really windy, I just kind of drove up past the ledge further than kind of normal to get a good anchor. Um, and just when I was about to drop the anchor, I just saw a big bump come up on the bottom that was holding fish. And I thought to myself, oh, that looks really nice. So <laughs> circled back around and anchored on it. And uh, yeah, got a couple of little jewies off it. And then um, a few minutes later, yeah, hooked up to the massive one and uh, took a mixed bait with a bit of tuna uh, and a bit of squid. It was a good, strong fight. And when it first came up, I thought it was more like kind of a metre 50 or a metre 60 just because of the physical size of it. When it was on the ground, it was like a foot off the boat floor <laughs> because it was just so heavy and deep and thick. Oh, my God. Now, when you said you came up and you saw a big lump on the bottom, was that lump the Dewey? You think that <laughs> they just had other satellite Dewfish hanging around it? <laughs> It could have been it was that big. <laughs> I wonder if this is testament to that, you know, that, that idea of leaving marks for some time to let them let them grow. Let, let them, them mature, mature yeah. up to the full 143. Yeah. Yeah, well, look, it was definitely a surprise. I mean, catching a 130 Dewey is something, you know, on the charters, we catch hundreds of Deweys. Um, you know, and you regularly see 120 pluses and, you know, get the odd 130. But you just never even dream of catching, a, you know, something that size. I wonder if this has just ruined it for yourself, catching Jewies, you know, forever. That's you know. it. Rack the queue. Job done. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it is a little bit like that. I mean, about 10 years ago, I got a metre 30 barra. So ever since then, the barra fishing um, goals have changed a bit. <laughs> <laughs> now, you've been fishing since then as well. Tell me about the last few days. This year, over the last few couple of months, there's just been a lot of really big Jewies around. So more than the last few years, um, even in the kind of local spots, you know, like Charles Point um, and those kind of closer areas to town, we've been finding those bigger jewies. Uh, my son actually got a 131 at Charles Point about three weeks ago mm. uh, when I was fishing with him. Uh, oh, shut up. How old? Uh, he's 14. Oh, uh, so, okay. But yeah, most of the... Most but see, before you go on, mate, you've ruined him early. You've, <laughs> you've, right. dropped, you've dropped... <laughs> Dropped a 130 on him at the age of 14. Where did, where, what's he got to aspire to in later life? The 143 is the obvious answer. And that's exactly right. We've got to break the 150. <laughs> Look, he, you know, he's got to meet a barra and stuff already as well. So, you know, it's like... You gotta, you gotta, gotta set those, set those goals higher. But look, most charters we've been getting fish over that 120 mark uh, consistently and and fairly close to home. You know, within kind of 50 k's of Darwin. But yeah, there just seems to be like for this season 
a lot of a lot of bigger fish have moved in. Now you uh, told us you dropped the uh, a bit of a mixed grill on this one. Do you ever run jigs or you know soft rubbers on the bottom for jewies? Yeah, look, we do sometimes. It depends on the on the areas we're fishing. If you're on a spot where there's lots of little pickers around, you know, small fish, then I'll often use either a strip bait or a gulp. But when we're kind of finding fish or there's not that many fish around, yeah, obviously the the tuners and the stink it up. Mm. That that goes all well. But when there are a lot of jewies around. Um, I've even caught them on small metal jigs and yeah, gulps and vibes and all sorts of things. So, yeah, definitely mix it up. And you pulling up some goldies as well? Oh yeah, on Tuesday we got our bag of goldies, which were all you know all good size, kind of that forty to fifty plus big jewies over a meter twenty. There they were a lot of lot of fish around. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> yes. job done. Happy punters, head off home, John. That's it. The max have started turning up as well. Um, ah. we've got a boat record the other day. I think well, nearly a boat record. It was about one thirty-four or something. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, one thirty-four, mate. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, Mackie. So plenty of those around too. And uh, while we're talking pelagics, are you seeing much tuna action? Uh, look, the tuna have been a little bit quiet. Um, at Dundee wise, there's been heaps. Like I was over there for the sailfish comp, and there was just bucket loads everywhere. I think I've got about 15 or something with my punters just in the in an hour after we finish going for sailfish. Locally, they've been a bit slow, uh, but I've expected with this cooler waters temperature now starting that they'd be here any week. There are a lot of other plagics around. There's heaps of queenies around starting to show up, lots of GTs, and mm. so yeah, I don't think the tuna will be too far behind. Tis the season. Yeah, that's right. Beautiful, beautiful weather, nice and cool. Get some going. Tales from the Tinny. Get some going indeed. John Russo speaking to Beard and myself about his Leviathan Black Jew. One, four, three. Check it out yourself. The picture is on Facebook and the depth of that fish around the girth is unbelievable. We'd like to hear if you've got one on a brag mat that's bigger. We'd love to hear from you. And whether Rob likes it or not, we will get to federal politics in the federal election shortly. Go, Kate! But, Go, run, Kate! But for, to what's happening locally in territory politics, firstly, worth mentioning, Fisho, is that applications now open for a million-dollar NT rec fishing grant scheme designed, according to the press release, uh, to create new recreational fishing opportunities across the Territory and specifically for Tales from the Tinny to dig their noses into this massive pig trough. That's <laughs> word, for word, word for word, paragraph two of the press oh, release. Oh, I love some swill. Yeah, grants of up to 100 grand for Territory-based not-for-profit organisations to implement projects that help grow and support rec fishing, and that's us. Huh. We're not-for-profit. No, we're just very costly to run. We're Territory-based. <laughs> It's part of that $50 million investment they've made. Potential projects, they're looking at infrastructure like fishing camps and shelters and amenities, fishing platforms, a fish habitat restoration, all of which lends itself to us digging into the trough to bring back the rig. Yeah. And build a floating pontoon. Just imagine this, because it ticks all their boxes for the criteria. You head out to the rig. We bring the rig back with a with a wreck fishing grant. Yep. Noses in the trough. Yep. We build a floating pontoon out there where you can you can kind of just pull up and sit at a floating bar and drink a pint. Oh. And off the back of your bar stool, there's a big bottom bouncing rig hanging off where you're hooking with a up small mackies. Bell on it. Yeah, yeah, hooking <laughs> up mackies. If you kind of think, 
Indo Swim Up Bar crossed with Mekong Delta Market f- Floating Market. Oh, I'm with you, How, Tim. You like it? And what about on the top platform? We can run a bit of, you know, badminton or putt-putt <laughs> okay, yeah. golf. Okay. Hey. Let's play badminton on top. Why not? There's 25 mil done. Yeah. Hey, dusted. Mm. You can get details if you want to go up against us. Good luck with that. <laughs> yes, uh, for the grant money on, on their, you know, the fisheries website. Oh, we got our paws all over that. Don't yeah. worry about it. Some more local politics. Boats should be identifiable, in inverted commas, and the skippers certified, according to opposition leader Gary Higgins in the paper this week. Yeah, I read that. I think someone in control of a boat of a certain size should be certified to be capable or competent at maintaining that boat at a certain speed. He said, now the semantics are quite, well, they're politics. Timmy, aren't they? I mean, for identifiable, do we read the word registration? No one's going to say registration, but I think that's what identifiable is. And skippers, certified. You're identifiable by your uh, out-of-proportion monkey arms (laughs) on the boat. I'm identifiable by my hobo physique and amenity. So that's identifiable enough, isn't it? Mm. Unfortunately, all all the talk and reading between all the lines of most of the major parties and the fishing bodies is moving towards, if nothing else, identifiable boats. Identifiable, and sh- but driven by certified drivers. Oh. Registration, licensing. On the major issue, the blood alcohol limit for boaties, the government says they'll, uh, they still plan to make it happen, but NT News reckons it's likely to be scrapped because police don't have the resources to enforce it. Yeah. Do you think that sounds familiar, Tim? We, we don't know what that's based on. We just have to wait and see mm. whether or not they go ahead with it. It hasn't moved, that um, boat grog thing, for the last year or so that we've been talking about. i better clarify, too, you would, like most fishers, think boat ID means rego and licensing. That's instantly what a fisher thinks. The government and opposition and everyone who talks about it has been at pains to say there is a way to do it, a vessel ID scheme, which is different to registration. Semantics. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're not the only one to think that. All right, that's enough politics. Daz has given us a hoy with a pic of his mate Jimmy. Ah, Jimmy! True story, another Jimmy. His name is Jimmy. Yeah, with a beast of a muddy from Shoal Bay. I don't know how big, but uh, says Daz. But he's a concreter with big hands, (laughs) and check out the size of the nippers relative to the giant hands. He doesn't use a trowel at all, just with the back of his calloused hand. He wipes those besser blocks. That's what I was going to say. Of course, Mm. he's a concreter. Uh, He's Jimmy. He's, uh, the, he's the man you want on the screed while that bloke on the concrete truck just stands there smoking a durry, dumping the mix over your formwork at a rate of knots. Like a tsunami. For, yeah, like a tsunami. <laughs> Jimmy's the man you want on the screed uh, and the helicopter keeping up. Uh, His nickname's actually Jimmy Poker Guru, this bloke. Oh, okay. True story. There's a story there. Well, you know why. Mm, no, he's I don't Jimmy. know. That's why I asked. He's Jimmy. He's okay. the man... He's the man you want over your shoulder, advising if you should hold or fold with a two-pair <laughs> as he, he kind of intuitively and instinctively reads your opponent's facial tics. That. That's Jimmy. That's Jimmy. That's Jimmy over the right shoulder. Jimmy's That's Jimmy on the concrete screen. Jimmy's got me back. Ahoy from Yellow Waters where the fishing was awesome. Earlier in the season, significant numbers of big girls were showing up at the picturesque South Alligator Headwater. Uh, Greg's one of the guides out at Quinder, and he told me about a charter he had a month ago. Three hours, three blokes, six fish. Mm. Okay, that sounds okay. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. Mm. But what about these numbers? Two at 91, one at 96, one at 99, <laughs> two at 101. Now that <laughs> is a strike rate. 91, the smallest Far fish out. that came on board. Far out. That is serious fish. <laughs> 
Things have calmed down a bit now. He says uh, the fish are spreading out through the billabong as the water level and the temperature drops. He said currently it's around 22 degrees at times. Wow, that's chilled already. Just a, ch- a quick one incoming from Paul too. He's been out on the Arnhem Highway. Uh, a note for those who get liveys near windows on the wetland at yep. those little yep. water holes on either side. On the Humpty Doo side is a three-metre croc. He sent in a pick. Crocs do hang around there. They do. He just wanted to do the right thing, let you know if you're heading out that way and looking for liveys. Be very aware. Mm. Also, ahoy from uh, Tristan Sloan. Took Matilda down for a fish at the Lizzie River Jetty and she scored a nice jack on a pilchard head. Sweet. She lost three in a row before Dad cottoned on that they weren't just big brim sort of messing around. They suddenly showed a bit of interest. Top pick, it's on Facebook. Congrats to Tristan Sharney too on a new bub who will no doubt be catching mangrove jack from Lizzie Ramp in due course. Congrats. Now, as we alluded to earlier... Uh, if you didn't pick it up, it's been one of the longest running, and I've got to say, one of the most enjoyable narratives on the tinny over the last 12 years, Robert, that of the great, ever-reliable sidekick, Jimmy. The man who you want in a crisis, that right-hand man we referred to when the zombie apocalypse comes. It's this bloke. Yep, on. Jimmy. Jimmy. Fucking hell, mate. Oh, f- Jimmy, good fish, mate. I need you, brother. I need you. <laughs> right, Jimmy. Jimmy. Jimmy, run, Jimmy. <laughs> it never gets old. Oh, I love that. Run, Jimmy. I love that one. All the great Jimmies of the world even had a Sauvignon Blanc white white wine named after them. This was true, fish oh, right. We got a pick sent in from a potty mullet down south, and the label just read, uh, Jimmy, Sauvignon Blanc, just like your ever-reliable best mate, you know, this fruity Sauvignon Blanc, an ever-reliable, crisp, aromatic bouquet, blah, 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 blah. Jimmy! Jimmy! there when you need him. Yeah. There when you need a crisp, dry white. <laughs> yeah, and over time, all sorts of jibbies. The tales of resilience, heroism and self-sacrifice have come out of the woodwork too. But with all, as with all great narratives, Rob, it's evolved. And when a new protagonist entered the scene attempting uh, to take the title, things got very interesting. Daniel on a donkey. Come on, Daniel. Yes, Daniel. Oh, Daniel. Oh, run, bro, run, 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 Daniel, run, 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 Daniel, Daniel. run. Daniel, Jimmy, Daniel, Jack, can you imagine if you had a Daniel and a Jimmy on your team, you would be just bulletproof. And so it's been ever since, you know, the battle of Jimmy versus Daniel, who's calmer in a crisis. Who do you want, I guess, Rob, building that underground bunker to prepare for the... The zombie apocalypse. Or for inter-ballistic missile attack from North Korea. Yeah. So it's been Jimmy... Then it was Daniel. Guess who's made a comeback now? G'day, Jimmy here. Was out at Adelaide on the weekend. Pretty slow start of the day. Had a farewell Friday night. Was heavy on the beers. Then went out in the morning. I was late. My mate picked me up. He, um, I was still asleep when he was out the front of my house. Hopped in the car. Went out there. Launched a sunrise. Just a bit of trolling. Flicking around. Put some cherubin pots out. Not many cherubin or anything. And then... It was, oh, it was probably getting later into the Arvo, full day, and trawling along, and then whack. Rod was in the rod holder, picked it up, turned around, absolute horse jumping out of the water. Straight away, I was like, holy sh**, we're on here. This, this might be bigger than a metery. Pulled the other lines in, fought him around. I had it on an egg beater, so I could really just turn him around because he's trying to go in for some bamboo and that. As he came in, he jumped again, and we kind of saw what we're actually dealing with. And we were like, holy sh**. What are we going to do here? Holy shit, Jimmy. He's a f***ing whale, bruh. <laughs> Holy shit. Look 
All we had in the boat as a landing net was a little butterfly net, and like with my mate had bought the day before for nine bucks. Thank you, got it though. As he come in, I to just like grab the line and we just like grab him with the lip grip. So I just whatever, do just flip him in the boat. Get him in, get him in. <laughs> and then so he pulled out the butterfly net and brought it round and he came round and then yeah just ended up getting him right over the head and the net went like a third of his body up then we just grabbed his tail and the net and plonked him in the boat <laughs> oh, <Russ. laughs> yes holy yeah there's a fair few holy going on and just yeah yeah some high fives quickly measured it we're like Got a couple of photos, laid it down, measured him, dollar twenty, nailed it, and then put it back in the water straight away, swam it for a bit, just let it go and it swam off. <laughs> oh, nicely done. So was, is that your is that your first metery as well? Yeah, first metery. I, I dropped a few eighties and it was seventy three was my biggest previous. And yeah, I'd got a couple of seventies, but then bang, straight into the meteries. Then straight to go go to Ireland, bragged to everyone that was in there, they hadn't caught anything, rinsed a couple of beers there and then back on the water. I noticed that the boat that you're in, it did look pretty small. Yeah, well, it's my mate's boat. I'd help him rewrite it, so we went out fishing. It's just a little teeny, but I have my own boat. It's a fiberglass boat. You might know it, the Wobbegong Princess. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're the new owner. Yeah. Yeah, there's uh, three of us in it. Well, it's actually three couples in it, and my brother-in-law, my mate and I. And, yeah, we put a new donk on it, the 132 stroke. Just still loves oil, loves screaming. We've taken out the South Gutter. Slaying some big jewies and that, goldies. And but I, that was my second trip down the Adelaide. I took the Bobby going up there, uh, I don't know, three weeks ago with my girlfriend and low tide, never been there, full noise, 60 k's an hour around the corner, right up in the rock bar, just pulled up in time because the bloke was over there and he'd hit it and was shouting at us. Would have ripped the new engine right off it, left us stranded. But yeah, pushed her up on some rocks. But five glass sail, lost a bit of rock, so it's all good. You're, you're, you're aware of the reputation that this boat has, right? Yeah, n- notorious for breaking down, and it has. We've had, I've had some issues with it, don't worry about that. You'd be disappointed if it didn't break down. Nah, it's it. Oh, I snapped the trailer in half launching it once. Yeah, so it's got a new trailer now. <laughs> it doesn't owe me anything at all, because I had a four-metre Quintrex, and we'd use that, but I just wanted to go blue water fishing, because I'd been doing a bit of that with my mate, and he moved away. So we bought this boat. I found it. We're on the piss on a Sunday. I went around there and my mate said, if you don't buy it, I'll buy it. So I was like, oh, well, let's just have a look. And then I called my brother-in-law because he lives around the corner. I was like, come have a look at this thing. We all sat there and we drank three or four subbies each. Then we're like, yeah, we'll take it. So we paid for it. We just transferred in the money then, but we couldn't drive. So we left it there. Then I went back the next day, picked it up after work. And then, yeah, that's when the problem started. But <laughs> for the man I spend on it, I've had that much fun. Oh, yeah. The joy to dollar ratio is quite high. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, and the best thing we put in it was a new sound system. So, I could, so it just pumps beats. So yeah, it's perfect. I find this slightly ironic because you work for like a, a prominent territory marine services business, um, yet you own the most notoriously dodgy boat in the territory. Yeah, my boss actually he has a good laugh at it. And another funny thing, came to work Monday. And I sent my I sent the photo on Saturday to my boss and the bloke I work with, and then I came to work Monday, and my boss had gone out there on Sunday with it, and bumped into the other bloke I work with and another one of our mates, all three of them trawling up and down. <laughs> Pisser. It's it's a beautiful thing where you can rub that kind of thing into your boss. Yeah, no, it is good. I don't think he's caught a meter yet. Do you want to shout out his name to us? David Pears. <laughs> Coming on Springs this weekend. Uh, what trips you got planned? Well, I'm actually leaving the territory soon, moving down to Perth. 
But the fish I haven't caught that I want to catch up here is the mangrove jack. So this weekend I'm chasing that actually. Spring low tide and just walk up some creeks that I heard are going to you know, be a good chance. What size would be sufficient to, to satiate your desire? Oh, 70 centimetres. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we'll see. Anything on the board, I'll be happy. How cheeky are you? Just catching your 120 and then buggering off. Yeah, nah, it's a good way to leave the territory actually. Frothing. Well, Jimmy's back. Yeah. That, that's great, but careful, Jimmy, careful. I don't think, think he's caught a metre yet. Having a crack back at the boss. You've got to be very like a strategic in your... You've got to know exactly how far you can, you go can push that because relationship. Because that bloke sounds like a great boss. Mm. And he's the bloke who pays your wage, Jimmy. Yeah. So easy on them and metery jibes there, young fella. Yeah. Dave Pierce, uh, known to the uh, tinny, as not only a great boss, but the fellow who buried his entire bait freezer. Oh, of course, because it stunk up. Yeah, the power went off. If yeah. you hadn't heard this story, Fisho's power went off. Big chest freezer... Um, all the bait went off. I couldn't be bothered taking it out. He resolved it with his own bare hands and a bit of machinery. Don't little know that bare hands is talking it up to me. Well, a little, little excavator. Yeah. Dug a massive hole, buried the entire chest freezer in the backyard. Sorted, lads. That was fixed. <laughs> fixed. And how about buying the Wobbegong Princess, the most unreliable <laughs> boat in Darwin? So good. One Sunday harbour on the booze. In fact, so boozed. By the time they'd inspected it, they couldn't tow it home. Yeah. And because that's the best way to inspect the Wobbegong, I would say, with an absolute skin for What a glorious boat that thing is. It's like a myth. It's just growing like the Mari Celeste. You know, the stories will be told and told and Indeed. GST will be added and added yep. yeah, over the years. Now, by the way, when Jimmy said they used a butterfly net that only went over the fish's head, he really meant it. That it. That we've got the video. There's so much beeping and ratcheting required. We'll put that up for you next week, fishos. The net, is, it's like six-buck butterfly net out of an op shop. They, don't, they barely get a third of the barrel in it. But stay tuned next week on Facebook. We'll put it up for you. And give us a hoy anytime you like. ABC Tales from the Tinny on Facebook or fishing at abc.net.au. Shoot it. Share it. Shout it. Give us a hoy. Hi, I'm Kelly Brand. Um, just got back from the weekend of fishing the Real Women's Barra Classics. We're Team Sheila Reelers. And you bloody took it out. I know, yeah, a bit of a shock. Um, it was tough fishing, so um, that's why I was surprised we took it out. Paint a picture for me. Just how tough was it down the finish? Day one, I know there was only 10 barra caught throughout 36 teams and 160 women. So, Are you sure you're not fishing the daily? <laughs> sounds pretty close. But we went out for a pre-fish two weekends prior to the comp and sussed it out a little bit and caught two little barra that weekend, um, sussed out lures and, and which river to fish. So, um, yeah, so the plan was to go to the little finnis and basically just trawl the mouth as the tide was coming in and, or going out and coming back in. So, yeah, that was our game plan for the weekend. And so the fishing was that hard that you guys, um, the, the Sheila Reelers, you and Hannah and Tonya, managed to take it out with, uh, with one barra at, how big was it, 70? 71. So, yeah, we caught a 71 barra and two salmon, which um, salmon also point scores. So the salmon actually got us over the line because there was another 75 centimetre barra 
caught on day one as well. So the two salmon actually got us over the line on winning the comp. <laughs> Thank you, salmon. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't know what our barra was because our barra didn't jump either. Um, we actually didn't know that it was a barra until we actually had it in the net. Um, so, yeah, that, that excitement of it is like, what is it, what is it? Just keep patient. Um, that's one of the biggest keys. Just let the fish do what it needs to do and keep patient. Don't panic. And, yeah, just get it in the net. So day two, like, the pressure was on. We're like, we thought we better get another fish today or otherwise we won't win this comp. So come, like, 3 o'clock, we did not catch a fish at all on the day two. We're like, oh, well, this is, this is over with. Um, at the same time, we didn't see any other boats catching any fish in the little finish, so we're a little bit hopeful. So, yeah. Three members of your team. Who's got the trophy at their place? I do, actually. Ooh. <laughs> no, we decided that I, I was team captain, so I took the trophy home to start with, and then I work a fly-in, fly-out job, so when I go back to work, I'll pass it on to the other girls. And I believe that on each uh, plaque uh, on the trophy, it has the, sort of the team name, like in the year, and the points. Um, that tells a bit of a story this year, doesn't it? Oh, it certainly does. Some of the teams have won on 1,000 points, 900 points, and we actually won on 125, which is the lowest points. <laughs> so, yeah, we had a good laugh about that um, on Monday morning. We still enjoyed it. We had an absolutely awesome time on the water. Um, all the girls that out there fished the comp were amazing. There was a great vibe on the water. Everyone was playing music and, you know, and really enjoying themselves. So that makes it all worth it. What music were you playing? Bit of country, bit of techno to pipe it up later in the afternoon when you're starting to feel tired. So. You remember what was playing when the barrel was caught? I hope it wasn't techno. Probably was because it was late in the afternoon. Oh. <laughs> all right. Once again, congrats, Kelly uh, and, and Hannah and Tonya, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Thank you. Tales from the Tinny. Geez, that does sound hard, yucca. A barra and two salmon. Ouch. Shout out to Hannah and uh, Tonya, the other two members of the Sheila Reelers. Uh, Hannah took out champion angler with that 71. And also a shout to Ross, the skipper, for your patience, said Kelly. Lovely. Playing techno, bloody hell. I see why Kelly wanted to give that shout out. That would be your personal hell, wouldn't it? I just don't like music on boats. At all? Nah. Call me a Philistine. Call me a Philistine. Philistine. Oh, wait, l- listen, listen to this. It's mm, a bloody mm, symphony, mm, Tim. Tim's better. Landed more multiples this year than I've ever seen. It's unique. Yeah, the Wobbegong Princess. Crocodiles are a myth. <laughs> Tales from the Tinny. Now's to some actual election policies, Tim. Nothing to do with Eurovision, soon to be Australia-vision. The coalition is uh, up $20 million bucks for wreck fishing and camping fund infrastructure. Labor's gone to double that, 45. Mm. We've got a bidding war happening here. It might even get up to 60 by the time... Uh, we, we get our noses in the trough. <laughs> we get our noses in the trough, mostly for infrastructure and native fish stocking. Locally, Labor has announced a half-million-dollar caretaker's cottage at, and kiosk at the Lizzie River boat ramp. But Commonwealth Marine Parks are back on the table oh, again yeah. under Labor. I saw that. Although, you don't need to freak out too much. Uh, the, the major impact of the changes from what AFAN are saying anyway, all the details are on uh, their Facebook pages, an extension of that zone at the Wessels. So that's all pretty boring. 
What do fishos really want? Robert. Beer? We're a day out from the election. It's getting late. And bugger getting the, them costed at this late stage. We've never had a policy costed in our lives, have we? Policy one, we have uh, pushed to legislate to make beer manufacturers produce combustible cardboard slabs infused with jump back so that you can actually light them, Mm. use them to light your campfire once you've polished off the carton after a hard day's fishing. Reasonable policy, not a big ask. We costed that, you know, past the pub test. What do you reckon? That's worth the money? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How much do you reckon? Oh, 100 grand? Yeah. Nah. Pass. 100 mil. Packy Andy, however has been moving amongst the great people of our great Northern Territory, canvassing their views on the issues resonating in, through their lives. The result? A heartfelt plea, nay, a strident demand for policy action. So we've had a bunch of uh, public holidays this year, which has been good, because we've been able to get away and a bit of camping, a bit of fishing and mingle with other families, other, you know, other constituents. And I'm starting to get a bit of a message, and that is there's a lot of working families out there in the Northern Territory who have the quad bikes on the trailer. They might have a camper trailer as well. They might have a tinny. And the issue is most of them have only got one tow ball. And that presents a bit of a quandary because most recently we went on a camping trip but I wanted to take the boat. And you can't tow a camper trailer and a boat, at least under the current law. And I'm sure there are people out there that have got quad bikes or motorbikes on a small trailer too, which they'd love to tow behind the titty. It's 2019 and we've got a federal election coming up In 2020, there's going to be a Northern Territory election. It is time for the TFT, FFP, to stand up and take this on board as a policy issue, a serious policy issue, and that is the introduction of the domestic road train, the DRT. Because, you see, it's not a new idea. It's already been done. There are road trains everywhere multiple tonnes and multiple carriages hurling along the highways at 120 kilometres per hour. So if it's all right for them, with all that weight and all that risk, why is it not right for us? Now is the time, my friends. We are the constituents and we need you, the party, to take our views to the Northern Territory Government, take our views to Canberra, the domestic road train, the DRT, because I want to tow my van, and behind that, I want to tow my boat. It's what we demand. It's, in fact, what we're entitled to. TFT, FFP, people have spoken. Get on with it. Here, here, Packy Andy. Get on with it. A DRT pot. You know that makes sense, Fishos. You know the... Fi- I had it at Easter, Rob. Yeah. I had a trailer, towing a trailer full of soil and mulch to do some work at the place, but I wanted to launch a couple of missions from that place with camper trailer, but also with boat. I don't have that many tow balls. <laughs> why the hell can't I hook one up? If you can get a B-double, do it. Why can't I do it? I've earned the right. We work hard here in the Territory. We pay our taxes, Robert. 
We put up with the stifling build-up and wet season to enjoy the dry season when we want to hook up three to four toys behind our four-wheel drives in a domestic road train. If you can't beat the grey nomads, why not join them? In fact, don't join them. Kick their ass. Make them weep in their 35-foot-long Winnebago. We could wait a home, mate. <laughs> Where's your quad and your motorbike and your tinny and your off-road buggy and your beach basher and, <laughs> and your, your trailer? And your trailer of mulch. Hey. <laughs> Love it. Vote one. Vote often. TFT, FFP, DRT. It's <sighs> quiet, isn't it? Uh, night at home, eh? A bit dull. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Expect it when you least expect it. Tales from the Tinny. In our world, Timmy, it doesn't matter where the tip comes from. Really, no. does it? The tackle shop, your wife's hairdresser, your four-year-old niece maybe overheard in a pub toilet cubicle, mm. your 93-year-old senile neighbour whispering to a plant, the long grasser pissing on your ute's tyre. Mm, your, your drug dealer, the bloke next to you at the urinal. I mean, mostly I listen to the 93-year-old senile woman talking to her. I heard it's going off at Norlangie, <laughs> she says to her bromeliads. The whisperer. Doesn't matter and where... And it's th- whispered, it has more authority too, Tim. Yeah, it does, doesn't hey? it? It doesn't, ma- it, it? it doesn't matter where the tip comes from. you just got to follow it, regardless of the source or how, where, when they came by it, whether it just came into their you know, senility or drug or alcohol-addled minds. <laughs> Good bloke and good fisher, Nick Boss is glad he did just that, though. This is a long way to get to this. Oh, it is a long way. We do sometimes take a little bit of a trip around the paddock, Tim, don't we? <laughs> and he's glad he did just that after, after getting a hot tip from a mate this week. Tim, are you with me, fellas? Stay with me. I'm out. He, uh, he mate, sort of, uh, he was out that way on the Monday and uh, sort of sent me a text message off the fat phone and said, you got to have a sickie on the Tuesday. When you get a message from a satellite phone from a mate saying you've got to take a sickie, that you take notice of that, don't you? Yeah, you do. And uh, you think about it all that day while you're at work and what you're going to say to your boss. And what kind of sickie you. am I going to give him? Yeah, that's right. So uh, <laughs> I didn't end up giving him anything until uh, we got to the boat ramp that morning Um and I sent him an email at about five o'clock in the morning, which and, said, uh, "Last chance at a, I got a better, I got a good offer. I couldn't refuse. Uh, last chance at a meter barra. Um, I won't be in work today." And what was the response from your boss? Well, needless to say, he wasn't very happy. A phone call to follow that, and an email, and text message, and all of the above. He had a phone reception by the time they came through, and uh, I was on my way. <laughs> so would you be willing to uh, <laughs> give a bit of a hats off to the boss, or do you think that's too tetchy at this stage? Oh, no, hats off to him. He's taken it pretty well. Pearsy, if you're listening. Ah, Pearsy. Pearsy, again, star of the show. Employer of the year. Maybe we should give Pearsy a ring. I think we might have to. <laughs> so tell us where we were. Once you got out of phone range, mate, tell us what happened. I decided to go out to the, to the mouth of the creek and incoming tide and have a bit of a flick at one of the snake drains coming over the mud flats at the mouth there and um, whack. Fired the lure right down at the mouth so it was uh, well hooked but what was going through my head was we've got to get this thing in the net 
and we've got to get in the net quickly because it's going to chase the line off. She was all action stations. And at that point, I imagine you felt vindicated. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> what did it say on the brag, mate? One sixteen. Hey. Happy days. And what did the mouth look like, uh, 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 bait-wise and so on? Was there much uh, indication that you were on the money? Uh, yeah, plenty of bait, and the water was like nice and clean, like basically ocean water pushing back into the creek. We thought it was a little bit too clean, so that's why we headed back out towards the mouth and sort of found a bit of a colour change, like where the tide was mixing with the muddy water off the mud flats. And also you've been uh, had a little bit of a, a scratch up the... The freshwater, the top reaches of the daily as well. How's that looking? Very low, as you could expect from um, the poor wet season that we've had. Yes, yeah, the lowest I've ever seen it. From Bulu Crossing to the, the Boom Crossing, there was only one one um, little creek runoff the whole way through. It was like 60 kilometres. So. It's looking sad for the daily, mate, isn't it? It is, yeah. I feel sorry for those blokes down fishing those comps. Nick, you've you've come away with the 116. Um, I haven't, haven't chucked it. It's not even a sickie. It's just... Just wagging, really. You've owned up. You fessed up at the boat ramp because you just, you're an honest young man. I told the truth, didn't I? Yeah. Truth is your greatest defence. One of your colleagues, Jimmy, uh, from this last weekend has come away with a 120. When did you find out about that? Text me a photo of that the next day, I think. He bloody trumped you. Did you fire him a photo of the 116 first? Did you poke the bear? No, I didn't. He, I showed him probably... Maybe the next day. Jeez, well, something something's going on. With the 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 underlings of, of Pearsy. Uh, you must be imparting some other knowledge to you. Or something. The Pearsy crew. Yeah. Good on All you, right. mate. All right, worries. Yeah, what? He works for Pearsy too. <laughs> Hang on. What the hell is going on in this it's, workplace? It is like Dave Pears is actually a pseudonym, a non diplume. <laughs> he's he's actually Jimmy. He is Jimmy. What sort of a boss is this bloke? Is it Jimmy boss? There's a worker there who knows he isn't sick, who's volunteered he isn't sick. I'm not sick at all, boss. Here are, here are the details of the fishing trip I'm going on and what I'm going to target and why I'm here at 5am in the morning sending you an email from the boat ramp. Only Just to as me- they roar out of at, range. Out of range. Whew. I mean, well done, Jimmy and Nick, and congrats on your meteries. But Dave Pears, boss of the year, mate. We take you now to the Northern Territory Press Club in Darwin for a policy address by the Tales from the Tinney Fishing First Party. Your speakers, Rob Smith and Tim Moore. Commensurate with our long-held philosophy that the best time to enter a blue is when the other combatants have just about puxed each other senseless, the TFT-FFP is poised to carve through the faltering pack. Stephen Bradbury style. To seize an unlikely victory in the keys to the lodge with our showcase policy. Well, it's our only policy, but by God, it's a vote winner. The TFT-FFP-DRT, domestic road train. It's time! Territorians will be permitted to daisy chain up to four separate trailed apparati to a maximum length of 75 metres and not exceeding 12 tonnes unladen. When Territorians play, they want to take all their toys with them. This dream can become a reality with the simple stroke of the pen. Vote one, TFT, FFP for the DRT. And prepare to rule the road. This has been a political broadcast on behalf of the Tales from the Tinny Fishing First Party, written and authorised by Barry Mundy. You know it makes sense, Fishos. Put, oh. put TFT, FFP, one. Never has there been a more sensible plea. There's a, a, there, there is potentially 
only one more sensible one, and that's to run it not as a DRT road train, one behind the other like a B-double, but as a spreader. A spreader? You know, like you would for oh, bill... Like a donkey thrasher yeah, or a vehicle. a donkey thrasher like you would for billfish. The only, <laughs> the only challenge is you then need to fund making every highway in the nation quad lane because of your sheer width. You take up two lanes. But they're all squealing for infrastructure spend, Tim. It's a, Is there anything better than a ten-lane highway right across the territory? We're just here for the people and here to build the nation. From across the vast expanses of the wild and untamed top end, intrepid tinny correspondents risk rampage and ridicule from crewmates to bring you the truth. Incoming, incoming, incoming. Yeah, g'day fellas, Let's see from Marlowe's. On the Monday I um, decided to go chase the Jewfish, the barrel ran a bit slow, so called up my um, regular deckies who have been to these spots around Cape Hotham, and none, none of them couldn't, one's overseas and the other one was working, and I didn't want to take anyone new there, so I thought I'll just go on my own, because I'll only be fishing for half an hour, I'll get my two Jewfish and, and I'll come home. Launched on my own at Leaders Creek. I went round to a couple of my spots just on dark around Cape Hotham, Ruby Island area, which in previous years have just been, you know, you bag out in 30 minutes, but every spot I went to had nothing. I come back around to Mount of the Adelaide, the Dew Reef there. I got nothing there. I was on the boat alone, having a beer, no one to talk to. <laughs> Tuesday morning, I went back into the creek with leaders. I needed a couple of hours before I had enough water to get out and go home. So I threw a few vibes, fourth cast, hooked up. And it wasn't long before I realised I was onto a jewfish because I had to chase it up the creek and I chased it down the creek. It was going everywhere. When I hooked up, I realised that I didn't have the Minkata remote around my neck and it was tearing off in one direction and the line was getting low. And I raced down the, the console and I got the remote and I put it into 100% drive, 80 pound, chasing it. Slowly slowed down and I got near it and I actually got some slack line because I couldn't control and wind fast enough at the same time. And I realised it was heading back up the creek. And so I did a 180. <laughs> Lucky there's no one there watching because I would have thought, what the hell is this bloke doing? There was a couple of times there that the uh, line got really low on my reel because I was only using uh, barra gear and might have only had 140 yards of line on. And most of that was out. Got into the, the boat and I went 115. First big fish on a vibe and um, first one on the cast. I was pretty stoked. So it sort of saved a... A two-day trip for one fish. It's some of the best fun you can have with your pants on, as they say. Chasing a big fish with the electric that's caught you by surprise and outgunned you on the wrong gear. Because it's a fair fight. It, it is. When, you're, when it's you on light gear, bigger fish than you expected... On the electric. Mm. It's, it's the electric, it's the battery, yep. 
versus their tail. It's technology mm. versus evolution. Yeah. A 50 or 80 pounder can only go so fast. You mm. can only wind so fast. Who's going to get to their destination quicker? It's a great, fair tussle, that one. Now, we said, uh, as I mentioned, the most fun you can have with your pants on. Mm-hmm. Regarding lats. Reminded me of something else, Tim. Mullet Moments. Regurgitated. It was pitch black. Couldn't find the gas. So I need a torch. Couldn't find a torch. And then the jury's running under the boat and my me, me shorts fell down, so I, I kicked them off. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Free balling. Yeah. <laughs> And then found the torch and the gaff and I landed it. Yeah. This crewmate would have been unhappy that you found the torch. <laughs> yeah, no, sure, good. Put the strides back on and took some photos. <laughs> so you weren't going to take the photos with the strides off then? No, no. Oh, natural? No. Beautiful. How did it feel swinging in the breeze, bringing those jewies in? <laughs> I was more worried about the bloody braid on the, on the keel. Catching something untoward. Yeah. Tales from the Tinny. Of course you didn't miss that opportunity. I've forgotten all about that. Yeah. Afraid of catching it on the keel. Mm. Yeah, that was good. Mm. That was thoughtful. <laughs> <laughs> I got a report in from the Baronats. It's not pretty as you'd expect. This is from Azza, who's down there fishing it. At rivers low, new and exciting trees and logs to be found with props and, <laughs> with props and skegs. Yeah. Fishing is hard. 71 teams not only battling against each other, but also the, the, the river conditions and the poor shape she's in. Day one, about 44 fish. Day two, about 46. Day three, about 47. So the low scores are indicative of the size and numbers um, being caught. It seems, says as a, it's just going to be a matter of luck for the people trolling for bigger fish. If a few get caught, you know, that's the game changer. Um, the Wooliana sandbar has been wreaking havoc with myself, says Azza, and a few other boats not quite making it over once or twice. If you want to see that for yourself, there's a cracking video at ABC Tales from the Tinny now. Uh, it's just marvellous. With A whole crowd has gathered around to watch people try to get over the sandbar. Up they come, full noise. That... The crowd goes wild. Woohoo! Is it about holding your nerve, Tim? You've yeah. just got to hold it at full biscuit. Yeah. As soon as you, you blink and just back it off a tiny bit, you're, you're out. Gone. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's well worth a watch. Have a look on uh, Facebook now. Uh, on the sounder, as it says, the big fish are starting to push through around about now on the bigger tide, so we're all hoping to see the big girls hitting decks soon. But imagine most will be caught trolling as the uh, bigger fish have so far been. Best of luck to you, Azza, and all the competitors in what sound like tough conditions. We'll have a full wrap for you next week on the Tinny. Yeah, good day, Hugh. It's Dave Pears, the... NT Talisman, the Tinny 2019 Boss of the Year, possibly all time. The last week, two of my employees have managed to catch meteries. Well, the first one emailed me at 5am saying that he's been offered a fishing trip last one of the year to catch a meterie and he's not going to be in today, even though I had more work than I could pack a stick at. But anyway, I did ring and text and got very into him, but I didn't hear from him back. And I didn't sack him. The second one, later that week, on the Saturday, sent me a picture while he's up the Adelaide River, metre 20. And I had organised to take my wife there for Mother's Day, because that's what you're doing Mother's Day, taking fish in the Adelaide River, boating day and have a burger with Kai. 
So the boating was more about fishing then. And Jimmy's since resigned recently going to go to Perth. So his final week here with a metre 20, having not caught a metre And now he's bagging the shit out of me for not catching one either. And I didn't sack him. So now, I definitely think I'm worthy of the award for putting up with this behaviour out of my staff in the last seven days. Tip for the youngsters out there, if you, if you want to work for a great boss like me, who lets you go fishing and catch meters whenever you want, seems that way. There's a few simple good rules to follow. First thing is, good things happen in three, so the next thing is I'm in line for the first metre each caught now. No one else is allowed to go fishing until I catch it. Secondly, productivity is a two-way street and we can all benefit from a day on the water fishing instead of me picking up the slack for all my staff. I expect double time work rate for the next day, hangover or not. And thirdly, I reserve to call you whatever that comes into my head right then and there without any Fair Work Commission hearings, please. And, by the way, if you piss on the floor in the dunny in the workshop, you clean it up. You're not four years old, you're not bloody grubs, thank you. And I'd like to thank my mother for putting up with me for doing the same thing when I was young. And just in case you're wondering, my poor bait freezer, I still haven't been game to move it and take it to the tip yet, but it is now sticking two foot proud of my backyard, sitting out like a little white tariff pizza out in the backyard and probably still stinks. Not going to touch it yet. Another year. Cheers for all out there. Tight lines. Wow. Well, hey. des- well deserved, Dave. Uh, Tales from the Tinny 2019 Boss of the Year. And pos- Well, it could be perpetual. He needs to it be should, unseated. Should, yeah, yeah. You need to be unseated is the way that from the, the uh, Boss of the Year TFT someone needs goes. To, someone needs to do a better job. That's right. Some really important tips there. I, I reserve the right now, fellas, to use whatever language I want directed towards you in the workplace without any fair work hearings yep. and stop pissing on the floor of the toilet. <laughs> yes. Excellent. Easy. And best of luck if it does come in threes, Dave, and you're next. Yeah. You really do deserve an order of Australia medal. I think so. But we, we, some, we've got something that's much more valuable, I know. We'll enter him in Australian of the Year. Yeah, no, no, no. There's something much more valuable. It's much more kudos. In honour of a diligent dedication to the upholding of Timmy principles... In honour of an unwavering adherence to the Timmy's operational ethos... In honour of the fact that your thoughts, words and deeds mark you out as a bloody champion. We in the tinny salute you, Fisho, and hereby bestow on you the TFT Honourable Mention. Fishing at abc.net.au is the email address, or you can enter your boss of the year via ABC Tales from the Tinny uh, Facebook messages. That about wraps us for the Tinny this week. As we've said, go out Australia, go out and vote. Vote one for Kate, and then if you can be bothered, vote for some of the other rabble. Hang on, you you keep... Why is it all only me carrying the can? Vote one, TFT, FFP, DRT. I dropped the ball this year, Tim. Man, have you forgotten... Well, we only get three votes. What happened to the, what happened to the pledge Passion. we what the happened to the believers. pledge we took as blood brothers over a decade ago 
to represent fishos with worthwhile, meaningful policies that would ju- just improve life for the for the middle class, the working Australian fishos. What happened to that pledge? The true belief, unfortunately, fizzled out to true <laughs> <They're> bitterness. <laughs> to true bitterness. <laughs> Thanks to John Russo and the one, four, three stonking jury to Kelly and the girls from the Sheila Reelers. Lats and, of course, Packy Andy. A big thanks to Dave Pears, Employer of the Year. We salute you. Oh, do we ever. And, of course, thanks to his two insubordinate, metery-catching underlings, Nick, Nick and Jimmy. Jimmy. Well done to all the Jimmys and all the Daniels. All the Nicks and all the Daves and Sallys and Bettys and Henrys and Janines. <laughs> and, look, it's natural and normal and it's expected to get excited on a 120 barra. We know that. We all do it. In this case, though, it could well have been a Tales in the Tinny record for application rate of language-censoring ratchet noise. Oh, true. But, hey, that's what you expect from a Jimmy. Keeping it real. Holy shit, Jimmy. He's a f***ing whale, bruh. Holy shit. Holy shit. Holy shit. Holy Yes! Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, Jimmy, yeah. We'll be back next week. Until then, get a mullet, preferably one called Jimmy, right up here. Tales from the Tinny.